Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. John chapter 4 is where we'll be today. John chapter 4. I want to tell you before we start today that um, I don't know if you ever get to the place in your Christian walk where it becomes um, stale where you feel like that maybe your, your walk with God is not like it used to be or what it was in times past. If you've ever been to the place where it just seems like it's, I hate to say the word boring, but sometimes the Christian walk can become boring at times. We feel like we're going through routine. We feel like we're not seeing any kind of progress. But I want to touch on that today. Maybe it's just one today. But I want to touch on that today and because God's given us a remedy for that particular season of life. But before we go on, let's pray and ask the Lord. Father, thank you for the opportunity again to talk and teach the Word of God. It's the greatest book that's ever been written. God, it has such life in it, has such energy and power in it, and we get the privilege every single day and every single week to ingest it and to enjoy it. And I pray it'll be everything you've designed it to be today. I pray not just from the speaker but from the hearer that it'll be the power and it'll hit the mark of where you designed it to, to shoot today. And for all this, Lord, we love you. Thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. I pray for those that are watching that will come across this through Facebook and streaming, but that the Spirit of God, would they'll sense him right where they are. And they'll know that God's just because they're not here, God's, not, God's still speaking to them. He has a word for them today, and I love you for it in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. I've worked several jobs throughout the years and uh, beside pastoring, and one of the jobs that I've done has been kind of a sales rep, a uh, territory manager is what they call them, business development manager, things like that. But, um, and I noticed something about this. I think it's pretty, pretty, pretty prevalent to what we're talking about today. I noticed that sometimes that there's two types of business you get when you go, when you work for a company and you're a territory manager or sales rep. One of them is that you have uh, your regular business, your regular customers. Those are the ones that you see all the time. They're customers that you inherited from other sales rep that came before you, and they, they already do business with you. There's another type of business that they really like when you work for somebody, and it's called new business. And that's the business that didn't come from somebody else. It's the business that you go out and you make yourself. Sometimes it's from brand new customers. Sometimes it's from brand new clients. Sometimes it's business from people that you're already existing business that you sell to, but maybe there's services or lines of products that they don't, they don't purchase now. So you show and you uh, get that business from people that you existing business. But I found this that when you're just doing and taking care of somebody else's business, it's not as exciting. It's not as much fun. And so I would call Leanne and tell her, I hate this job. I can't stand it. It's just the worst thing ever. Who would ever want to do something like this? And then I'd get a new customer. Or then I'd sell something new. And all of a sudden I got excited. I was like, this is the greatest job ever. I can't believe they pay me to do this. I'd say, sometimes I'd sell a little keychain, $3 keychain, and I'd think it was the I thought I made a, I just sold a million dollars worth. It was so exciting. Or I made a new client or a new prospect, and it was always exciting when you were going out and building and growing your business, not just maintaining it. Now, the Christian life sometimes can be a struggle, can be a trial. But I want to tell you there's an exciting part about it that you and I get to be involved in, and that is called reaching the lost. 
Something is exciting when you go out and you help to bring somebody new into the body of Christ. Something wonderful when maybe somebody that's already in comes back and begins to get excited about the things of God, and you played a part in that. And I want to encourage you today before we read John chapter 4, if you feel like your life is just really, your Christian life really seems to be on hold or not going anywhere, get involved in sharing your faith with the people that God has placed around you. Let me say that again on this side. Get involved with sharing your faith with the people that God has placed within you, around you. John chapter 4, it's a great illustration here. Go to verse number 7. It's a very well-known story. It's the story of Jesus and the woman at the well, where the Jesus talks with a Samaritan woman. That's how my Bible reads it. And in verse number 7, it said, A Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Would you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy some food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. A Samaritan woman at that, how can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who does it ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. She didn't, she wasn't tracking with Jesus right here. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank drank from it himself? As did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water willing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me the water that I can drink and I will never drink again and have to keep coming here to draw water. He said, go call your husband and come back. Uh-oh. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, yep, you're right. You have to say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five of them, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I see things are turning around here. I see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but your Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Now, if I can stop there and go down. The woman said, and then if you go to verse 27, it says, The disciples returned and were surprised to find Jesus talking with this woman, but no one asked, What do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Leaving their water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? The camel of the town and made their way forward him, and meanwhile his disciples urged him to eat something. He said, I have food to eat that you have nothing of. His disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I pray right now that this this word will get on the inside of you. I pray right now that you'll see what happened here is exactly how God's designed you and us to function as believers. Is that one person tells one person. And another person tells another person. And an entire group of people come and see that Jesus really is who he says he is. The gospel, getting the message of Jesus out, the way that God's designed it to be is it's it's designed to be between me and you telling the world and telling those in our world about Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but most people, when you talk, talk to them about sharing their faith, this really choking feeling happens around their neck. This feeling that what if I get talking a conversation with somebody and I don't know what to say? What if I get in a conversation with somebody and and I make a fool of myself? I don't want to do a disservice to God. 
My friend, I want to go ahead and address that first and foremost is, is that you can understand that anytime you take a step of faith and share your faith, can I tell you, it never makes you look foolish to Jesus. Sharing your faith is one of the most wonderful things you could ever do. It's one of the most exciting things you could ever do. It's one of the most exhilarating things you could ever do. And it's one of the most challenging things you could ever do as well. Now, if I look at this scripture and this table here, this, this particular passage here, there's some things that I want you to see. Because first of all, from Jesus' perspective, he had to get out of his comfort zone because he was a Jew and she was a Samaritan. It's going to be uncomfortable to share your faith. It's not going to be something that comes like maybe is natural to you. We think, oh, that Pastor Kerry, he just gets up there and it just flows and he talks all the time. This is a struggle for me. Every single time I think I've preached, I think it's safe to say thousands of sermons, and every time I get up here or every time I meet somebody in the community or every time I, a loved one or a family member, there's always that apprehension and that feeling of, I hope I don't mess it up. And So the thing is, is there's going to be that sense of, I just hope that I, I want to do the right thing, but it's that feeling, it's that thought of going ahead and getting past that fear and stepping out and saying, you know what, I've got to be a part of the gospel because it's the greatest thing that ever needs to be told in the world. He had to get out of his comfort zone, and he had to cross cultural barriers. He had to cross cultural barriers. She was of one pedigree, and he was of a different pedigree. And the thing is, is the world is looking for somebody to cross cultural boundaries. The world is looking for somebody to cross gender boundaries. The world is looking for somebody to fix the problems that divide us in this world today. And my friend, the thing that can solve the problems that we face in our world today is Jesus Christ. Somebody has to go across those barriers, and Jesus did it right here. And if you read it in there, she kind of offended him. It never says that she gave him a drink of water. She talked about it. He talked about it. But there's never an opportunity. At the time it says that he actually gave her something to drink, and he drank it. So Jesus could have walked away just a little bit offended. But he didn't. See, because he had his eye on the prize, and the eye on the prize was that a soul would know about God. And you may talk with people, and there may be people of different backgrounds, and they may do everything they can to try to offend you and say things to get you, to, to, um, get you sidetracked. But I want you to know this. The purpose and the plan that Jesus had for this woman is the same purpose and plan he has for you and for me to reach the world with the message of Jesus. So many different ways to do it. So many different ways to explain the gospel. Sitting in a fireworks tent this past week. The guys came up, and when they came up, just as soon as they were leaving, their car exploded. The radiator busted or something like that. And so I went out there to help them and got to talking to them, and they were some industrious guys. I'll tell you what, this guy took a, <laughs> he took the hose off of a vacuum cleaner and put it in his radiator and fixed it so he could get down the road to his house. It's pretty industrious, wasn't it? Yeah, with some duct tape, too, that's right. So we were sitting there, and, and we, were, he was taught, we were in the tent. He was taking the Lord's name in vain. And I don't know about you, but that just, that just bothers me when people say that. I mean, when they take Jesus' name and uses it a cuss word, that, and he said, the first time I gave him a pass, and the second time he said it, I said, hey, man, would you, would you mind not taking God's name in vain? All of a sudden, he turned around. Man, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. He said, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And everything kind of turned then because then when we went back over where his buddy was, his buddy was cussing, and he was telling his buddy not to cuss because he was afraid that I'd get on to him too. 
And, you know, when you, there's that feeling and that thought when, you know, you, they're, they're working on their car and you're trying to find an inroad, something to, something to kind of get, kind of get, turn the conversation towards that. Jesus did that right here. Did you see what he did? She said, she said, give me to wa- some water. She said, I don't have any water. She said, I don't have anything to draw water with. And he said, he said, if you if you if you knew of the the living water, he talks about all of a sudden he talks from talk, goes from talking about water to talking about spiritual things. That's a great way to have an inroad when people when you're talking to people about uh, about life. Because when they're talking about life, there's always that inroad. One guy, matter of fact, if they're talking, you go, you know, I used to go to a Catholic church, Catholic school. Hey, you went to a Catholic school? I did too. Where do you go to church now? You see how I turn that around? God will always open the door for you, and if you just open it a little bit, you can shoot right through there. Sometimes it's always there's something that's being said. Every conversation you and I ever have, there's an inroad somewhere where you can take that, go in that direction and talk about the things of God. I, can, I think it's safe to say that I have shared my faith in one way or the other, and you have too, with, with, with tens of hundreds of people. And I can't say that every time that I've walked away and they've prayed a sinner's prayer. But I, can't, I didn't read in the Bible anywhere where Jesus prayed a sinner's prayer with anybody. It's just everywhere he went, he touched somebody and talked about the things of God to help them to see their need for God. So you may think, well, Brother Kerry, I just don't really know how to walk anybody down that road. My friend, you have the best tool in the world, and that is your story. Your story. It's the story that God did for you and how wonderful God's been to you. Somebody has to tell your story, and I can't think of anybody better than you and me. But when you talk about how good God's been to you, we were sitting there at the car, and the guy was talking about something, and all of a sudden we turned towards the things of God. And I said, you know, and I kind of throw the pastor card around. That's kind of, I, I got an extra card. I kind of throw the pastor card around. And then people all started, all of a sudden people start acting real holy when they get around the pastor. And I, and I said this, and I didn't say, I didn't walk them down the Roman road. I just said, you know what, God's been really good to me. I said, he's been so good to me that I, I just, just got to tell somebody else. Oh, yeah, we go to church. You know, we, we, do, we, we go to church. We hadn't been in a long time, but we go to church. And, and, and I said, well, you know, I, I just know this, that, that, um, that the best thing that ever happened to me was when Jesus came into my life. And it's, it, my life has been just so radically changed by it that I just think it's the greatest thing in the world. And that's about it. And I don't know on the scale of, you know, if you like rank evangelism events or things like that, I don't know where that, that marks on the scale, but I know this. I had an opportunity to tell somebody how good God's been to me. That, my friend, is what we're talking about today. We're talking about sharing your faith wherever you are in whatever capacity it can be, but just to point people to the things of God and to point people to Jesus. So Jesus crossed cultural barriers. He crossed gender barriers there. Because men should not normally speak to women outside of their families in that particular culture. He started relationally. First just asked, talk to her about a regular conversation. You know that's where it all starts. Every evangelism event always starts with a conversation. There's times where I just practice it. I'll go to the convenience store, walk at Walmart, everywhere anywhere I can go, and just practice having a conversation with a stranger. That's real easy to do. You know why? Everybody wants to talk about the weather. Everybody wants to talk about their kids. 
Everybody wants to talk about what's going on in the world. Everybody wants to talk. The thing is, is nobody lacks for conversation. But Jesus started with a regular conversation. Would you give me something to drink? And then he begins to transition. He finds a transition statement when they're talking about water. And he begins to go in that particular direction. And he begins to talk about the things of God. And then all of a sudden as he was talking, here's the beauty of it. This is where it gets exciting. He was talking to her. And he talked about something in the natural. He switched it to spiritual, and then he got a word of knowledge from the Holy Ghost. She said, yeah. He said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, yeah, I know that's true. You got five of them that you had. And the man you're living with now is not that you're not married to. And it was a supernatural word of knowledge. That's what's beautiful about this sharing your faith, because right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, sometimes God says, look, I got a word for you. I got something supernaturally, a gift that I'm going to give you to help you to get to, to uh, in this particular evangelism event. Sometimes it's like, hey, I'm sick. And all of a sudden you grab that person by the hand and say, hey, let's pray in the name of Jesus. And just like that, they're healed. Sometimes God gives you a prophetic word. Sometimes it gives you a word of wisdom. Sometimes a miracle takes place. But it all starts when you just have that regular conversation. Begin to turn the conversation to the things of God. Now. That's, that's Jesus' perspective. Let me give you this Samaritan woman's perspective. In that conversation, something changed on the inside of her. In that conversation, something switched in, in her heart and her life. You think about this particular woman. You don't think people talked about her? <laughs> you don't think she was the talk of the town? She had five husbands. The guy she was with now, she was not even married to. I'm sure she kept her head down low in in the community. We know this because she was in the heat of the day. She went to get water. You usually didn't water your flocks in the heat of the day. You usually did it at the beginning of the end because it was cooler. But we know this, that she was one of those that everybody else looked past. Everybody else looked by, but not Jesus. Everybody you and I meet is a candidate for heaven. Everybody you and I meet is a candidate for heaven. There's no way he's an alcoholic. There's no way he's the richest man in town. There's no way she's so beautiful. There's no way she's in a wheelchair. Every person you and I meet is a candidate for Jesus, and God's just waiting for somebody to go up and begin to change the conversation and to start a conversation and let him do something wonderful through it. Say, who does God use like that? Pastors? Does God use people that just have the gift of gab like that? God uses people just like me and you. He just needs somebody to hear this word and to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to start a conversation. It may, I'm going to start a conversation. I don't know where it's going to go, where it's going to end. I'm going to start a conversation. Statistics tell us that less than 3% of people, of Christians, share their faith on a regular basis. Less than 3%. I've been serving God over 31 years. I've had one person. One person in those 31 years share his faith with me. Now, let me say this. A man who I did not, a man who was a stranger, who did not know me, and I was, was working with him one day, and we were driving down the road. He began to tell me about the Lord, return of the Lord. It was so important that every one of us get right with God. And so here's the thing. I know that I'm talking to some, about something that maybe is not the most commonplace thing in American culture and in Christianity today, but maybe one person today, maybe one person will get stirred 
Maybe one person today will, will have a conversation with a Samaritan woman somewhere at a well. And maybe that one person will go back and tell everybody in her community, everybody in her circle about this man named Jesus. And maybe a whole city, maybe all of Biomeda, maybe all of Jacksonville, maybe all of greater metropolitan Little Rock will be changed because of the testimony of one person who was told about Jesus. It's a life change. And that's what we're talking about today. Now, let me say this. Jesus had to get out of his comfort zone, and then the woman had to get out of her comfort zone. Because remember, she had to go back and tell all the people who knew all her stuff about Jesus. Sometimes we think that the, only the weird, sometimes we don't want to be labeled as a weird person, a weirdo. I was playing golf this week. Hang on, I'll show you. Not golf, golf, golf on my phone. Did you know you can have a conversation with people while you're playing golf? You can. You know, usually they say nice putt or good shot or something like that. I thought, I don't know him and he don't know me. So I just put in there, hey, uh, have you ever thought about eternity? He said, nice putt. I said, hey, have you heard about Jesus? So we start going back and forth and, and uh, talk, talk about it. And I said, have you ever thought about eternity? Oh, no, he, he, I'm sorry. He said he missed a shot, and he put WTH. You know what WTH means? Okay. Well, I, I, mean, I don't want to cuss, but he said the word hell. Well, that was my inroad. I thought, and then I text, I went back, I said, have you ever thought about hell? He texts back, what are you talking about? I said, eternity. I said, all of us are going to die. So then we had this little conversation, and as we went on, it didn't go very good because at the end he said, you're a weirdo. But you know what? When I walked away, I was like, most people would thought I just played a game of golf. I mean, I had my head back, I had my chest out, I, said, I got the opportunity to share the gospel. And not only that, I got made fun of for the name of Jesus. The Bible says when the disciples, when the apostles were, were, were attacked because of their faith, they went out rejoicing because they were worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus. I was worthy to call, be called a weirdo for the name of Jesus. I was fired up. I wanted to play another game of golf. It was exciting. My friend, I'm telling you here today that this thing is, it's fun to do this. It's exciting. Your faith is, needs a jolt. It's just waiting for somebody, for you to tell somebody about Jesus. Now, let me answer one more question because here's the thing. At the end of this story, the woman gets, goes into a, a dissertation. She goes into a um, kind of a, a theological conversation about you Samaritans, this is verse 22, worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Time is coming, is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for they are kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Those are Jesus' words. So what happens is sometimes we think, what about when we get into a theological debate? What do I do when I feel like I'm over my head and they're asking me questions that I do not know? And as I was thinking about this and I was meditating on this, I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of reminded me of something. You say, well, once I get to be where I'm theologically sound, then I'll start sharing my faith. That's going to be too late. The Bible says this. It says that there are those that will stand before kings and will stand before courts for the name of Jesus. There are people that are, that even today, they're standing before court systems, they're standing before supreme courts, and they're giving an account and a testimony of Jesus Christ in their life. It happens throughout history. And the Bible says this, do not prepare. Give no thought of what you will say because in that moment, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. 
These are people that are standing before in court systems and they're going to be condemned or they're going to be acquitted. So the words that you say when you stand in a court are pretty important, aren't they? It would seem to me that you probably won't want to rehearse what you're going to say before you go in there. I mean, if your life is on the line and people, I'm sure, stood in courts and there was life or death for them, I would think they would probably want to rehearse what they were going to say before the court. But the Bible says when you stand in that place, don't even think about what you're going to say because in that moment, the Spirit of God will tell you what to say. I think it's the exact same way if we ever get in a theological debate with somebody while we're sharing our faith. Because I believe this, that in that moment, the Spirit of God will tell you exactly what you need to know that's going to get that conversation to the next step. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to go out and think that you have to go out and get some kind of degrees or something like that. Just step out in faith and trust that when the moment comes, he'll tell you the exact thing that needs to be said. Now, lastly today, there's a particular ingredient that you have to have or you're not going to make it in sharing your faith. It's, it's so critical that I, I don't think you could ever talk about evangelism or sharing your faith without mentioning it. Because, the, you know, when you make cake, you've got to have sugar in there. If you don't put sugar in the cake, it doesn't taste very good. When, when you're making baking bread, you know, you've got to have yeast in there. If you don't put yeast in there, it doesn't make the bread. It's just one of those main ingredients that you have to have. And to be a winner, a soul winner. To be somebody who shares their faith, there's one ingredient you have to have. And, I don't, and, and I'll say it, you can't make it without it. And that ingredient is the ingredient of love. Because when you speak with people, when you walk away from them, they have to know that more than anything, you said what you said, and you did what you did because you loved them. That's it. And I know that this is the, the day love is kind of Love is kind of one of those terms, a buzzword is that just everybody says, it. hey, I love you. Hey, man, I love you. Hey, I love you. I love McDonald's. I love Diet Coke. People use that word just very extemporaneously, but, but the love I'm talking about is the love that's patient, the love that's kind, the love that keeps no record of wrongs, the love that doesn't boast or it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. It's the love that's not easily angered. It's the love that keeps no record of wrongs. It's the love that doesn't delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always hopes. It's the love that always trusts. It's the love that always protects and the love that always perseveres. And that's the love that God gives us. And today I'm just going to ask you, is there anybody, maybe one person, that feels the call to share their faith? And you say, Pastor Kerry, I am the most unqualified person because I get nervous when I have to stand before two people. How am I going to be able to stand up for Jesus? This is where it gets exciting. Maybe you can't do it, but through him, you can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means that he can do it through you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray today that one person somehow caught a hold of this. God, I pray that I catch a hold of this. That there's a world out there there's in, in our world that's in desperate need to hear somebody and to see somebody, love them enough to share their faith, to tell them about Jesus. In this world we live in, we think everybody's heard the story of Jesus at least three or four times, but they haven't heard our story. And so I pray today that one person, maybe more, maybe everybody will catch a hold of this, to share our faith, 
to take that step of, 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 of excitement and adventure and allow God to use us when we leave the doors of this church, as we go into our homes and our jobs and our community, that we'll go with this message of Jesus that's burning on the inside of us. And there's a love that, that cannot be contained that has to tell people. I pray this, God. I ask it in Jesus' name as a church, as a body of believers. Help us to catch this vision. Help us to see what, what one woman can do, one person can do, how you need us to do it. I love you for it, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.